Welcome to the Blackburn Boss Podcast, where we talk about all the things you wish you were told when you started your business. I'm your host, Audrey Blackburn, owner of Blackburn Consulting, where I work with women-led small businesses and nonprofits to move them from a place of scarcity to one of abundance. Want to help us grow this podcast? Then help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes. So I promised you on the last episode that we'd be talking about what would you do if you could rebuild your business any way that you wanted. So this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately. I am not unhappy with the business I have. I really love it. And there are parts of my business that excite me so much and I get so pumped up. Like when I am talking to a client and doing advisory work with them and I'm helping them make decisions for their business that are going to drive growth, that are going to help them realize their goals and their dreams. When I'm helping a business owner establish a fund where they can have the cash flow that they need for their business, or they can take that vacation they've been dying to take because they've got money put back for it because the business helped pay for that. Or when they have finally realized that they make enough money and we can get the cash flow set up and help stabilize the company so that they can pay themselves a really good salary every time they want to get paid. They don't have to worry about payroll. They don't have to struggle with how am I going to find the money to pay myself this week? Because I find so many business owners don't pay themselves. Like they've been in business a couple of years and they're still not paying themselves. Or they might pay themselves, but it's sporadic and they don't have a reserve fund, which is huge with me. If you've been around me for any time, you'll hear me talk all the time about establishing a reserve fund in your business and how important it is. So take that all into consideration, right? And sit back and say, okay, I don't care if you've been in business a year. I don't care if you've been in business 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I don't care how long you've been there. What in your business, ask yourself this question, what in your business that you do that you absolutely hate? I mean, you just detest it. Now, if you can honestly, and I do mean honestly, answer that question to yourself with, there is nothing I do that I hate. Then I'd ask you first if you're crazy. (laughs) Because there's always something, at least in my book there is. Maybe hate's too strong of a word. Maybe there's just something you really don't like doing. You do it because clients ask for it. I can tell you one for me, payroll. I don't really care for payroll. You you have to be tied to a schedule. You have to make sure it happens. All that stuff, make sure taxes are paid. I've got a program that does all that. It, the payroll company, which is Gusto, they pay the taxes, they file the payroll forms for you. So I don't have to worry about that. But a lot of clients depend on me to pay their payroll. 
So it's, you know, hey, I need your payroll. I haven't seen it. So you have to prompt the client. You have to get it in and get it entered. And, you know, no, Lord forbid, don't forget that it's got to be entered or, you know, miss the deadline because now someone's not going to get paid on time. So that's something I really don't like doing. I don't hate it. I don't detest it per se, just really dislike it. And then there's other things along the years that I've done in my business that, you know, just because the nature of my business and what I do and the clients I serve, that I thought they were things I had to offer. And then one morning I woke up and said, why? I don't have to offer that. My job is not to be everything to everybody. I can always, um, you know, opt out of that and let someone else handle it. I get asked all the time, why don't you do taxes? You're an accountant, but you don't do taxes. Well, that was one of my draw the line in the sand when I was first starting my business. I looked at it probably different than a lot of accountants look at it. I looked at it and said, you know, first of all, I don't want to be working at tax time until the wee hours of the morning to meet deadlines. That's just not my idea of fun in a business. And the other thing was, well, I really um, just don't want to have to spend so much time in continuing ed because tax laws change a lot. And I want to be one of the best in everything I do. Well, I can't be the best in taxes and the best in working with people with advisory and the best with working in their books and the best with QuickBooks and this and that. All those things become too much because then I'm not a master of anything. I'm not an expert in anything. I'm just kind of a jack of all trades and a master of none, right? So that's how I see a lot of generalists and that's what I call them, generalists. They know a little bit about everything but not an awful lot about anything. And so I figured out early on that probably the best thing that I could do was, was niche down my business. Now that took a lot for me to do that because it kind of goes against what you're into when you first start your business. You're like, Oh, but I need to be doing this and this and this and all the things. And, and Oh, this person came over here and wants to be a client and they do this and I don't do that. So now I've got to learn how to do that. I jumped all over the place in the beginning. I wanted to be all the things to all the people. I wanted to help as many people as I could. And I didn't want to turn away a client. I no longer feel that way. There is such a thing as a fit in any industry. And I'm a firm believer that when you're working with someone, it has to be a fit for both sides. Clients are very fixated on a fit. And that's great that they are. But they also forget that as a, you know, a practitioner, we are too. At least I am. I look at it like, uh, I got to make sure this is a fit for me because if I've got a client that's like, well, I want you to come in my office every Tuesday and enter information into my system and have an hour long meeting with me and do this. And then on Friday, I want you to come back. Um, no, stop. First of all, 
I don't come into your office. I work remotely. Well, that's a deal breaker if you don't like me to work remotely because I'm just not going to do it. I've had people say, well, can't you make an exception? Well, sure, I can make an exception for anything, but why would I want to? It's not how I want to work, right? And so as time goes on, there's things that I may have once did that I enjoyed at that time that I've realized I no longer enjoy because we all change and our businesses grow. And as they grow, there's things we decide we don't really like to do. One of the things I don't really like to do so much anymore is bookkeeping. So for many years of my life, I did bookkeeping. It was part of my job. It was not my entire job, but it was part of my job. And then when I started my own business, that seemed to be what everyone wanted. They wanted a bookkeeper. And their idea of what a bookkeeper looked like ranged all over the place. <laughs> and some people, I even had one person tell me one time, well, you're just too expensive because I can look on Google and I can see that the average rate for a bookkeeper in this area is $10.50. And I'm like, go for it. <laughs> go hire you a $10.50 an hour bookkeeper. And I don't work by the hour and I haven't in the entire time I've had my business. So those kinds of things you, you start filling into the longer you've been in business. And maybe you haven't. Maybe you've been in business all these years and you've been doing things because that's the way you do them in your industry. Or that's how your competitors do them. So you feel like you have to. But I got into business, one of the main reasons I got into business is because I wanted to be completely in charge of my destiny and my life. I wanted to be the one that was in charge of what I got paid. I was sick and tired of bosses, mainly men here in the South, that would be like, I'm sorry, but you don't have the education for that. So I went out and got the education all the way up to a master's degree. I'm sorry, you haven't held that job title before. What? So the bar kept moving. Every time I would go, and it didn't matter what job it was, every time I would go and fulfill the requirement, the bar would move. And it would get set higher on something completely unrelated. And it always seemed to be something right outside my reach. And I just had gotten to the point to where I believed, you know, I, I'm just, this is me. It's, it's, it's my problem. It's my fault. I'm not good enough employee. I'm not smart enough. I'm not showing enough value that they want to give me a promotion or whatever. No, I worked for people that had a set standard in their head of what they wanted. And I was really, really good at my job. That's why they didn't want me to go anywhere. It's easier to hold someone in their place if you make them think that they can't get any better. And so I was always changing jobs over the years looking for that job that just lit me up. And it never came. I mean, I had good jobs. And I had some that I liked better than others. And I had some I just completely hated. And I had some jobs that I loved, but I hated the bosses. 
But then when I started my own business, man, did things change. Because it didn't matter what I was doing, even on the suckiest day when I was doing crap I didn't want to do, I still really liked doing it because it was for me. The money I made was mine. No one told me how to spend it. No one told me how many um, operating expenses I could have in the business. No one could tell me how much I got paid. It was all up to me. And I really, really enjoyed seeing how I could change and affect those numbers. Not to mention the fact that the work that I do, I was able to work directly with people that I felt like I was changing their lives. I worked for years in the nonprofit industry and never felt like I did anything that was of service to the people that I served because I was in the office. I was the finance director. I was in the back, you know, crunching the numbers. Yeah, I knew deep down somewhere that what I did was important to the mission because if I didn't do it, they wouldn't have the information they needed. They wouldn't be able to, to craft the stories, uh, to tell the stories of the clients and the guests and, and raise the money they needed to raise. I knew that inherently, but it didn't make me feel any better. But when I started my own business, wow, it was like I was lit up because the people that I got to work with, I got to see one-on-one -on -one how what I, the knowledge I gave them, the information, the getting their books clean, the helping them with their cash flow, to helping them with profit and paying themselves properly, hiring employees, making these big decisions in business, how it changed their lives. I watched people come to me and just because they hired me and got to know me, the stress just melted off of them because of what I took off their plate. I took something off their plate that for me was rather easy. I'd been doing it my entire life, but to them it was overwhelming and it was complicated and they didn't want to touch it. And there was nothing wrong with them. It just was not their thing. Numbers is not everyone's thing. And even those who say, oh, numbers are my thing. I really enjoy them. They don't always know what they need to know about their business. Because a lot of times we have blinders on when it comes to our own business. So I encourage you, step away, get some time away. Maybe it's that two weeks you take away to work on your business <laughs> and write down all the things in your business that you love doing that just get you excited and figure out how you can do more of them. So no, don't just write them down, but say, hey, what can I brainstorm so I can do more of this? What can I do to bring in more of these types of clients? Because this is who I want to work with. And then write down those things you really don't like to do. And then see if there's a way that you can stop doing them. Sometimes it's just as easy as saying, not going to offer that anymore as a service. Or sometimes it's, I need to outsource that. Sometimes it's not a service. Maybe it's our own bookkeeping or our own uh, cash flow management or our own IT or our own taxes. 
There's so many things, marketing, social media, I could go on and on. All these things as a business owner, administrative work. How many of these things do you dislike? There's always people that you can find that you can outsource it to. And if you say, well, I don't have the, the money to do that. Well, go see what it would cost. And then go figure out what you've got to do to make that extra money to pay for it to be done. Because most likely, whatever you give up will easily be replaced by things you enjoy doing and you'll make money at it and you'll make more money than you would doing the stuff you didn't like. Because whenever we're doing something we really like, it lights us up. It draws people to us. It creates a different type of energy in what we're doing so that others are drawn to it, including ourselves. We're sitting there going, yeah, I want to stay. I mean, you can get me on a roll, <laughs> which, you know, you're probably like, really, Audrey? You can get me on a roll working with numbers <laughs> and crunching numbers and spreadsheets. Like I had a task to do for a client that was kind of huge. Um, we were having a massive budget shortfall this year due to COVID. And we had gotten the PPP loan for them and all, all these different things. And, and that was great. But fundraising had just suffered. And the budget had been grown this year um, to account for growth that didn't happen in fundraising due to COVID and several other factors. And so we had to not only figure out how much money was going to come in in the next month and a half that we had left in the fiscal year, but how are we going to budget for the new year? And typically we budgeted for a year at a time, but we ended up deciding to do six months um, and then to revisit that, right? So that took so much work and so much preparation. And we had, there were two separate projects and we had to go through each and, you know, figure out how we were going to reduce these budget line items and where we were going to raise more money and what was actually doable, you know, not the pie in the sky numbers that, let's face it, we as entrepreneurs do sometimes too. We say, oh, I'll just raise $100,000 in revenue. Really? How are you planning on doing that? It's the same thing in nonprofit. You know, if you're going to fundraise that kind of money, how are you planning on doing that? What time frame? Is it doable or is it a pie in the sky number? So this was really difficult. So I had spent all these hours working with the staff you know, crunching numbers, telling them what I needed so they could get the information for me. And I was sitting up late working on all these fancy spreadsheets, um, of which I am not a fan of fancy spreadsheets. I'm a fan of complex spreadsheets, which was, you know, all the formulas and the background work that nobody likes to look at. I do. And I stayed up that night till like two in the morning working on this thing because I was so into it because it had such a great purpose. I knew it was so important to get this right. It's also in my uh, wheelhouse, so to speak. It's something I enjoy doing. And it, it required a different type of thinking, uh, the type of thinking I enjoy, which is very analytical, but it also has to take into account people and, you know, how people feel about things and how is this going to affect donors and how is it going to affect the staff? And, you know, if we tell the staff that they can't have a raise this year, how's that going to affect the staff? 
can we take the money from somewhere else and give the staff a raise? Those kinds of things, those scenarios had to all be worked out. And that's, that's my, my thing. That's my jam. And I stayed up till two o'clock that night, just going through all this stuff. So I try to find more activities where I can do things like that, but they require an inordinate amount of time because they're very intensive and they're typically on a tight schedule. And that requires me to be freed up for a lot of things. Um, so, you know, I, I, I need, I, I need to be able to figure out how to do that. So I started looking at, well, what are some things I'm doing that I don't like and how can I remove them, but still offer the service? And so like with bookkeeping, it just means I hire someone that does, that's really good at the bookkeeping and really likes it. Someone that I can oversee, but I don't have to micromanage everything they do. And I found someone to do that. So there's always things that we can do. I challenge you, take that time. Step away. Again, if it's an hour, a week, a day, whatever you got. Figure out the things you really like to do so you can do more of them. And figure out the things you don't like to do and the creative ways that you can offload them. Thank you for listening to the Blackburn Boss Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Come on over and join us over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blackburn Consulting NC. Or if you're on Instagram, you can look us up. Our Instagram username is Blackburn Boss. Hope you have a wonderful day, guys, and come back soon.